the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, and welcome to today's City Mission Hope for the Homeless podcast. I'm Dean Gartland, President and CEO for City Mission in Washington, PA. And today we're starting off the next part of our AIRS model, City Mission's Holistic Care Model, for by discussing the R, which stands for Recovery. Uh, we're taking a deeper dive into this by discussing the drug and alcohol as the the, the one part of that that R that we're going to focus on today. There are uh, two other parts of this: uh, medical and mental health. Uh, but today we're going to zero in on drug and alcohol. And we obviously have our co-host with us here today, uh, Leah Dietrich. Welcome, Leah. Thanks, Dean. And we have a special guest with us, Brad Nelson, who's with us today. And Brad is the Manager of Residential Services and Intake Coordinator at City Mission in Washington. And he's going to talk a little bit more and kind of expand on this whole issue of drug and alcohol being a a real barrier to a homeless and their journey towards independence. But before I get started, I wanted to just give you a real quick brief a briefing on this AIRS model because it is a outcomes uh, measurement system because the city mission we really zero in on results uh, you know our program is designed uh, and set up so that we get results and not just housing people or feeding them although those are two critical pieces to the puzzle people really do need a place to stay the stable place while they work on their issues but uh, they also, you know, there's all these other issues that they walk into the door with, and Brad's going to talk a little bit about one specific one, which is drug and alcohol. But in developing this system, AIRS, H-E-I-R-S, which stands for Housing, Employment, Income, Recovery, and spiritual, Spirituality, there was a verse of scripture I want to read, with, read to you today that kind of under just undergirds this whole AIRS model, but and it's found in the book of James. Uh, chapter 2, verse 5, and it says, Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Now, I'm not a, you know, a guy kind of goes off the rails on some of these things, but it was just interesting when in putting this whole system together uh, that that uh, this scripture that just focuses on the poor of our in the world about being rich in faith, and how that just underlines and where the heirs model actually uh, that term came from and how it all just developed from that. But that's very interesting. I just wanted to share that verse of scripture with you, and thank you for allowing me to do that. All right. So at the city mission, obviously, we drug and alcohol is a major barrier to. Uh, many of the homeless who walk through our doors who really want to uh, be independent. And so I'm going to ask Leah to talk a little bit about the, the the program of and how we address 
uh, the drug and alcohol issues at City Mission. And Leah, if you would just take it from there and just give us that overview of, of the program. Sure. So when individuals come into our program, the first thing that we do is assess them and understand their need. And like Dean said, a lot of individuals come to us with drug and alcohol addictions. So once we identify that that's a barrier, we connect them with services that address that barrier. And some of that happens on campus through groups and classes and things like that, as well as 12-step recovery meetings in order to connect people with a way to deal with that issue and uh, overcome that barrier. We also refer a lot of our clients to outside treatment providers to make sure that they're addressing those things outside as well as inside. One of the reasons we do that is addiction is not something that magically typically goes away. Um, So it's something that they can continue to connect with even once they leave our doors. Now, because of COVID, we've had to make some modifications, but traditionally, we also have 12-step recovery meetings that are open to alumni from our program so that they can connect um, to 12-step recovery and to our campus even once they leave. Uh, We believe that addiction recovery can come in many different forms, but the goal is to get people connected to the treatment that they need to overcome those barriers in as many ways as possible. A lot of times residents don't even understand that addiction is an issue until they come to our doors as well. So it's important to realize that, that some people just don't have the understanding. Once they do, then we can deal with that and address it. Well, you mentioned an interesting thing there about the connections and and how the alumni can come back and and join in on some of the uh, group meetings, the AA or NA meetings that uh, that happen at the city mission. And uh, how important is those connections? I think that it's critical. It's important that, that our residents understand that they have that support when they're here, when they leave, and they are able to support one another. It is so powerful to hear alumni come back. Every year we do a New Year's Eve party that we open up to the community, and we allow our alumni to come back and speak at that a meeting we call it a speaker jam it's our new year's eve speaker jam every year and hearing their testimonies mm-hmm. really is what it is uh they would call it a lead um it's just amazing to hear how their time at the mission and their involvement and in recovery has made an impact on their lives and it's just an inspiration to everyone there staff residents whoever is there from the community as well of just the change that being clean and free from drugs and alcohol can make in someone's life. It's just, uh, it's incredible. I know one of the things I've heard people say as well is that uh, many of the residents, when they come to the mission, they they call it a family. They say it's like it's kind of like a family there, and the uh, which is uh, obviously you know ties right into what you're talking about in terms of connections, and uh, because people get so uh, their connections in the addiction world is all negative and and not obviously not healthy but here they come into the mission and they're they're around other people you know going through the same challenges that they they are going through and and facing the same barriers and and so having that connection really does become an important part of the program does it not absolutely having that connection both inside and outside of the mission Mm. in 12-step recovery there's a lot of conversations about sponsorship and sponsorship families and grand sponsors and things like that so again that sense of community of family of support is so critical 
oftentimes our residents don't come to the mission with that support. They don't have family support or community support. So we build that, and it makes such an impact to feel a sense of belonging. Mm. Um, And that's what recovery is all about. It's about finding a new place, finding a a safe place where you can belong and where you can grow. Well, we're going to bring Brad into this conversation. And Brad, as the uh, manager of residential services and the intake coordinator, you are facing people walking through the door with a multitude of issues. And obviously, drug and alcohol is one of them. Could you talk to us a little bit about those folks that are coming to the mission, what's driving them there, and how this issue uh, plays such a, a significant role in their, in their being homeless walking through our door? Sure. First, thank you, Dean and Leah, for having me. Um, it's an honor to be here. Um, so usually I'm the first person that they talk to when they come here. And uh, we get a very high percent of people who have addiction. Unfortunately, with addiction comes a lot of denial. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when people find out that they might possibly be struggling with addiction the 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 thing that they don't do is they don't say hey attention everyone i have an addiction and i'm gonna go get help Mm -hmm. and what they usually do is try to find ways to prove that they're not having a problem and um then what happens is they begin to exhaust resources. Mm. And then once they exhaust resources, oftentimes they they find their ways here uh, at City Mission, still with some denial. Um, So we bring them in, we begin to just talk to them, we use uh, tools like motivational interviewing, just kind of meeting them where they're at. We kind of roll with the resistance a little bit at first, um, and just try to get them to start to open up. And usually, once they start talking, and uh, opening up, they begin to see for themselves. They have the the breakthrough of mm. denial themselves with assistance from staff because a lot of times um, you're going to need some outside influence um, saying that uh, there's something wrong for you to recognize it. Uh, an, an example of, of denial is uh, someone can come and no, ha- not have not worked in a long time, uh, be estranged from their family, um, and think that everything is okay. Like, I'm fine. I Or I don't have a drinking problem. I can drink 36 cans of beer without even throwing up. No, that's that's not what we're looking at here. Um, and so I want to tell you that, you know, we uh, – we, the AMA recognizes addiction as a disease, and when we treat it with a disease, Leah was covering a lot of the stuff that uh, we like to do. Um, and uh, so we want to get them treatment, and that's both uh, – internal and external and it's both peer supported and professional supported Mm. Um, and i think one of the most important things that we do um, is that we help residents build a foundation outside of the mission in the community because they're not staying with us forever and they're going to have to leave and when when they leave we want to make sure that they're ready to leave and that those supports are in in place Additionally, we teach them how to build these supports because oftentimes they leave the area. So Leah talked about all these supports like sponsors and stuff. If they go back home or to another area, they have the tools available to build new uh, connections, which is so important. Um, well, and and Brad, those tools that you're talking about that you know, so I mean, so critically important for people as they uh, do walk through this journey through the mission program, um, because as you said, they may not necessarily be staying in the area; they may be going back to some other 
some sometimes it's another state or maybe they're actually reconnecting with their family and going back home and so doesn't happen real often but sometimes that isn't what's happening and so those tools that they get at the city mission uh, so that they can uh, can maintain the recovery once they walk out the out those doors. Very important. Do you and do you, maybe you could share just a little bit about some maybe some stories of people that have uh, used those tools and are you know uh, maintaining the recovery today. So Dean, we have a very uh, high success rate when it comes to addiction. Um, one of the things we have to remember is addiction is chronic. So uh, th- there's an old saying, it's not alcoholism or wasm, it's alcoholism. Um, and so uh, what we have to do is, is so uh, they come in, they're in denial, they have a breakthrough denial, they begin to recover, um, and then they leave. And oftentimes these people become the sponsors of the mm, next people okay. and so um a, an example is a guy who came in and um he didn't have a drug problem right and because he wasn't smoking marijuana outside my office before his assessment but had used for for many years and and um he was uh the, his drug of choice was snorting pain medications and so he really didn't think he had a problem because he was snorting only like two or three pills a day. And I was like, you're not supposed to be snorting any pills. Um, mm. And so he, when we had that conversation through motivation interviewing, that's where his lights came on, right? Where he was like, hey, maybe you're right. I'm not supposed to be doing this. So he was with us for around nine and a half, ten months mm. and um, left us and um, – he would come back for the meetings that we had in house, uh, and so because uh, one of the things is there's community members yeah. and and alumni who come back in and hold community based meetings in our building. We try to be the heart of recovery in Washington, um, and that person is still clean and sober today. They're working. They're doing. Uh, it's really hard to sit here and just talk about one aspect of the of the heirs document because it's so interconnected. Oh yes, um, but. They're uh, spiritually fit. They're they're of service, which we like to teach uh, at the mission, and they're connected to these recovery uh, sources, and they're paving the path for our newer residents coming in. Um, one of the nice things about having a long-term program is we have positive peers in the community when newer members come in mm. who really act. And, and we actually have a formal Big Brother program as well. And so that, that Big Brother program extends through the mission and through the community, awesome. you know, which is uh, just a, a continuum of care. And, and I really think when we're talking about treating addiction – um, that's what we need. We need a, a strong continuum of care because it is a chronic disease. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, well, I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm going to kick it back over to Leah to talk a little bit about our results that we are seeing, uh, uh, obtaining, and seeing in our program. And so, Leah, talk a little, little bit about those results. Absolutely. So in 2019-2020, our percentage of success was right around 62%. And when we talk about success in addiction recovery, we're talking about sustained sobriety. We're talking about connection to recovery supports. We're talking about being being engaged in treatment, being engaged with things like sponsorship, being engaged with a community of support in recovery, whether that's 12-step meetings for 
uh, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, or whether it's Celebrate Recovery or spiritually based programs, whatever fellowship um, individuals are connecting with, making sure they're doing that on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. What we see is that some residents, they'll get to a six-month mark or a nine-month mark and think, I don't need this anymore. I'm cured. Like Brad said, it's not a wasm, it's an ism. So you need to stay connected with those pieces in order to stay clean and sober. And we want that for our residents, long-term success and stability. So for our residents, we're really looking at those things. That's the primary measurement is seeing stability and recovery through a duration of clean time, through a connection with a supportive environment, and through maintained treatment. Even if it's a one-on-one once a month with a counselor, making sure they have all of those pieces in order to maintain that stability and sobriety well beyond when they leave us. Well, I know that this is a subject that is just, I mean, we could really go deep into this uh, uh, because there's a whole spiritual element to this. And we're going to be talking about that in in another uh, podcast when we talk about spirituality and spiritual development and and how that's all integrated. And Brad, you did mention that. You said that, you know, how all these things all play together, mental health, drug and alcohol, you know, medical, uh, all these spiritual development, spirituality, all of these things are all interconnected, but yet at the city mission, we are, you know, we do pay attention to each one of these things individually because we do want to make sure that people are achieving a high level of success in each one of these areas. And Leah, as you shared, the program is designed to do just that. I mean, these are the results uh, um, that we can specifically point to and say that we know that these are the things that are happening because they're all very objective. I mean, they're, they're, they're not uh, subjective. They're very objective. We can sit on, you know, you can look at it, you can measure it, and you can uh, address it. And when, you know, our measurements are falling behind a little bit, we can adjust the program accordingly uh, to make sure that we are propping up those uh, elements of the program that are achieving those results. Uh, So anyway, Brad, maybe you want to just, I know we just have a few minutes left. Uh, Is there anything else you want to add to this conversation? Just two things real quick. You know, I really like Leah talking about the family and, you know, uh, Jesus is very clear. If you believe um, it will be so as you believe. And so when you come to City Mission, we believe in you. And and that belief, I think, is so strong, um, which is so important. And um, those numbers that you just talked about, Dean, you know, they they help new people come. So when someone comes in, they don't believe. You know, one of the uh, reasons for ineffective treatment is uh, lack of patient belief. So when we I show people the numbers sometimes because mm. I work on the boards and I work on the uh, the heirs document and I say, look, this is our success rates. This is what your future looks like. This is your roadmap. Mm. Um, so they see it. And then a lot of times uh, it's hard to see your journey as you're in it. It's hard to see the picture when you're standing in the frame. So when we pull out an individual heirs, we can see that because we do them when they come in. We do it every 90 days and then we do it when they leave um so they're able to have four five six heirs documents because we do a hard document that they can review and they can see their own journey they can see their own growth and i think that's so important and so empowering 
So yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. And Leah, anything else you want to add to this? I just want to encourage, if there's anyone out there that's struggling with addiction, we know it's it's everywhere in our community. If there's a way that we can help, Dean's about to give you a way to get in contact with us, but there is treatment available everywhere, no matter where you are, and there are also recovery meetings available wherever you are and even online. So we encourage you to reach out and to get help if you're struggling. You don't have to struggle, and you certainly don't have to struggle alone. All right. Thank you both. I appreciate that. And, and uh, thank you, our audience, for joining us in today's discussion. And next time we'll be talking about our second part of our R in the AIRS model, which stands for Recovery Mental Health. Uh, and Medical Recovery will be our last part of the R before we move on to the S in the model. But f- please feel free to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We would love to have your comments on the topics we discuss and uh, also, you can go to citymission.org and uh, go onto our website, and you can uh, learn more about uh, the organization and what we do. But in, until next time, God bless all of you from myself, Dean Gartland, and the entire City Mission Hope for the Homeless team. Thank you for listening.